You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler here as well. I feel like it's been a while since we had a 757 at 6. A lot of play-by-play, a lot of baseball. I didn't mean to say that with disgust. I don't know why I came out. Baseball. Didn't mean that at all. Uh, we are very, very proud to be partners and the flagship station of the Norfolk Tides, um, especially when when they're they're good and so many good prospects coming through. So uh, that was my clarification on accidentally sounding disgusted. Uh, Keontae Johnson is declaring for the NBA draft while maintaining his eligibility at Kansas State. That's very cool. Now, uh, I, I have to, like, there are certain, like, Tua Tungo Vailoa is this way, where anytime, like, you know, big thing, you just, you cross your fingers, and, and, and because you've seen other things happen, you have to be worried about the medical side of everything, right? When Tua gets tackled, it's very much a, did his head, did, did, is he okay? Is he all right? Because of, we've seen things, right? Tamar Hamlin was cleared to play football again. And I can guarantee you the the first time that guy goes flying down on kickoff, I am going to be watching through my fingers, right? Covering my face and going, oh, somebody tell me, did he, uh, is he okay? Like, it's just how it's going to be. Keontae Johnson, for those of you that don't remember, uh, 757 native, great basketball player, ends up going to Florida uh, where he was the preseason SEC player of the year, expected to be a first round draft pick, right? The world's at his fingertips. And he collapsed on the on the court during a timeout, mid-December game. Very scary. Uh, put into a coma in the, the hospital for a while. Eventually, he comes out. Um, eventually, he, he um, is somehow cleared, right? It's just, you're just scared. Cleared by the medical side of things. Uh, Florida is still like, I don't know if we're comfortable putting you back out there. He hits the transfer portal. He goes to Kansas State. Leads one of the best teams in the country in scoring, and it's and it's very exciting. Now he's entering his name into the NBA draft while maintaining his eligibility in school, so he can come back. But also, uh, when you when you enter your name into the the NBA draft, if you are invited to things like the combine, you can do those now and still go back to school. But guess what happens at the combine? Rigorous medical testing. Right, the, the 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 physicals, right? In some cases, people look at combines and call them things like meat markets because you're treated like uh, like livestock, right? You are you are put through physical tests, you are poked and prodded by every kind of doctor. It it is designed to find anything wrong with you or anything flawed in your physical being. Right, if you walk with a limp, if you oh look at this, you have some cartilage issues, or oh, and they check your heart. So with Keontae Johnson, it's like, for obviously, if there's something that's going to be a longer term risk, I want them to find it, right? I want them, I, I, I want him to know everything that he's dealing with. 
But just for like the 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 determination he's shown, I want him to be rewarded by that with an NBA career. Uh, there are some rumors that he had a very, very large insurance policy, and if he just agreed to never play basketball again, he would have been paid out in the millions. The fact that he didn't do that and he came back to playing basketball means I want him to make the millions. So I hope it all go, it all comes back clear, and not just for the basketball, for the person also, but but like the storybook ending to this is only one way. With the next pick in the NBA draft out of Kansas State, Keontae Johnson. I want that moment and not the moment that they gave to uh, the the player from Baylor that had Marfan syndrome and they they just drafted him to the NBA even though he couldn't play. Like, I don't want that. I want this to be an actual draft pick. But it's still very cool that he's even gotten to this point. And, I mean, if you, like, maybe he's not the, the you know, go-to scorer on an NBA team, but if you have a role player opening and you need somebody to be a part of your locker room, somebody that you know prioritizes and, and, and shows the importance of basketball, team play, determination, stick-to-itiveness, how can you not end up with Keontae Johnson high on your draft board? Very, very cool situation. And again, fingers crossed everything goes smooth from this point forward. And even if he decides to go back to school, fingers crossed that you know the reason isn't medical. Like the reason is, I don't think I'm ready for the NBA yet. I want to go prove something with Kansas State, unfinished business, whatever it is. But again, 757 native Keontae Johnson has announced that he is putting his name into the NBA draft pool while uh, maintaining his college eligibility. So not signing with an agent. Side note, can we just point out how ridiculous it is that you can't sign with like a NBA agent and still go back to college? Because you can sign with a name, image, and likeness agent while you're in college. Like, I, I've I've told one of my former teammates is is he's started his own uh, football agent's business. Um, he represents quite a few college athletes in name, image, and likeness deals, and he also represents quite a few professional football players, XFL, USFL, and NFL. And I guess it's a different contract, but like players can't sign with him as a like football agent, but they can sign with him as a name, image, and likeness agent. One of them would affect his their the player's eligibility, the others wouldn't. He's the same person. Right? It's not like, oh, I'm a name, image, and likeness agent. You can sign with me. You can't sign with that guy at the building across the street. He's a football agent. He is the same person. So Keontae is not going to sign with a basketball agent. He could already have and likely does already have a name, image, and likeness agent. So that's just my rant on the NCAA's red tape being more confusing than it has to be. Don't you think they should? I'm going to continue. Don't you think they should have an agent when they're in college deciding, helping them decide when to turn pro? You would think so. It would make more sense if they had somebody guiding them through that process saying, no, we should explore it. But if we hear these reports back, you should go back to school. If you hear these reports back, you should go into the NBA. Somebody to shepherd them through that process. Wouldn't wouldn't that make sense for the NCAA who supposedly put players first? Hmm. 
And especially for, you know, so many people have problems with college kids making decisions about the transfer. Oh, they can't make the decisions for themselves. Well, then have someone let, make let the, help, let them help them make the mentor. decision. Yeah. And, and for somebody like Keontae Johnson, say he signs with an agent and then there is a, a medical pop-up or there is an NBA team say, you know what? You were right. Your play on the court was easily good enough to get you to the NBA, but we're all very cautious about your medical situation, so we aren't going to draft you. And he's like, wait a second. So I, I, I thought I was good enough. I was good enough. So I signed with an agent for, for uh, foregoing the rest of my eligibility, but because of something that an agent could have advised me about, I, I now can't go back to the, the school I came from? But again, the NCAA puts players first. I think you should be able to, like, in, especially in the NBA where there's only two rounds, you should be able to declare for the draft. And if you're not drafted, then decide to go back. Right? Why not? What, how is that hurting college basketball? I, I don't see how. As long as, again, you know, if there's eligibility, whatever, keep, you got to be on progress towards your, your degree and have grades and credits. But why wouldn't you? I just don't get it. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. Good luck to Keontae. That's where we'll end that one. Uh, Dr. Wood Selig joined the show earlier today, the Tim Donnelly Show earlier today. He is the ODU Athletic Director. We're going to play that conversation for you when we come back. We talk about the Golden Monarch Awards. We talk about what it's like to be an athletic director when uh, you have a, a few players from your program expected to be drafted what that weekend's like, and much, much more. So my conversation with Dr. Woodsela coming up next. Welcome back into Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Connecting with us now on the phone lines, Dr. Woodsela, ODU's athletic director. He joins us every Wednesday. Uh, Dr. Selig, the Golden Monarch Awards were earlier this week to celebrate all the sports, to hand out yearly awards for the athletic program. Like, uh, what are we, are we talking red carpet? Everybody dressed up? What, what goes into these awards and why is it important to have them? Well, I think first you have to understand the history of, of what we have done at Old Dominion, and it's not atypical of what many Division One athletic programs do at the end of the year to celebrate the academic and athletic success of their student-athletes and their programs. But we used to do a really just boring and uninspiring dinner on the floor of Chartway Arena, and the athletes would get dressed up, and then they'd come sit as teams, together and then we'd collectively go through about a three-hour marathon of trying to replay and relive everything that happened during that academic and athletic year. Uh, the student-athletes came to us and said, you know, we, we want something a little bit more modern, a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more enthusiasm, esprit de corps. They said, how about if you turn the event over to us, give us a budget, and we'll turn it into something that everyone's going to really enjoy. And, you know, that's what college is all about. You try and empower young men and women to learn and grow. And so we said, okay, we'll, we'll let you guys take a, take a go with this. And they created what is now the Golden Monarchs. Uh, and it, it really is like a, uh, you know, an SB award. It's like a, you know, one of the Hollywood type of, you know, Academy Awards where, uh, they come dressed up, uh, you know, it's a one hour, it's tightly packaged, and we, you know, give awards away like the best athletic moment, male, female, uh, best athlete, male, female, 
uh, most valuable play, and and it 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 runs a spectrum. Ted Alexander M sees it, and then we have our student athlete leadership group. Uh, they kind of run the the front of the stage, but they come up with the awards and the presentations. And there's video and their highlights uh, that, that go behind the awards. So it's fast paced and it is a really good recap of the season that, that for the most part is, is fairly complete. So much improved and the student athletes love getting together and kind of a, a final, you know, one, once, you know, one, one time together before exams and then finals are over and then we have graduation and, you know, many of us are moving on and moving out. Uh, into the real world. So it, it's kind of one last time together uh, before the school year ends. It well, if it's fast paced in an hour, then it's it's nothing like the ESPYs or the Oscars or anything, because those seem to run for four or five hours every time I, I, I pay attention to them. So I, I like the quicker version. Good job by the, uh, the student athletes on that one. Um, there are no speeches allowed. So oh, even you, better. You, you, you see the clip, you, you understand what the award is for, and they run a highlight package. The athlete comes up, accepts his golden or her golden monarch award, and then they go back to their seat. You can so just assume they're thanking like f- family and, and you know teammates and just move on. I like that move. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, Dr. Woodzilla, go to you, athletic director, connecting with us here on the phone lines. Uh, what, what's your setup for this, this weekend's draft? Some, some ODU football players expected to be picked, waiting for that call. What, what, what do you do on a, on a draft day when you might have some Monarchs uh, mixed into the, the middle rounds there? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to be glued to the TV. That's, that's for certain. Uh, there's just so much going on at the end of the semester. Uh, we have some dinners. Uh, we have, you know, a baseball game on Friday night, a series with Texas State. So we've got uh, we have senior day for women's lacrosse on Saturday. We've got a sailing regatta on Saturday. Our women's tennis team is down in Atlanta uh, starting their competition for the Sunbelt Conference Women's Tennis Championship to hopefully book in the Men's Tennis Championship from last weekend. So I'll be following with interest, uh, you know, different you know reports that may come out, whether it's Zach Kuntz or Nick Salvadari, you know, or any any one of a number of ODU athletes who might be drafted. But uh, I'll I'll hear about it probably when the the rest of the ODU fan base hears about it on social media somewhere. But I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. We do have some really talented young men who I think have uh, put themselves in very good position for the NFL draft this weekend. And, and I think ODU will be represented a number of times at a very high level. Well, we, you brought up Nick Saldaveri. We've talked about him a few times, uh, mostly on the field and student-athlete things. But I, but I have to ask, is anything he's done more impressive than the victory he had against other top offensive linemen in the draft uh, in an eating contest where he gained nine and a half pounds in one meal? <laughs> I wasn't aware of that, actually. So uh, that, that's that's news to me. Uh, I, I I actually, yeah, every now and then I, I'll talk to different classes here at Old Dominion, and I happened to talk to one of the classes that Nick was in this past fall. And, uh, he, you know, he, he asked some really good questions during the class. He was really engaged. And, I, you know, you get to know students differently in the classroom than, say, when they're at practice or on the field or even walking around uh, the athletic precinct. So I, I think the world of Nick, and I think he's going to have a really good career in the NFL for a long time.
And then last question on on the draft. Again, Zach Kuntz, Nick Saldaveri, we, we've chatted about. Um, but just recently, I, I've seen some some uh, you know draft analysts and experts mention uh, defensive back Trey Hawkins is kind of a sleeper. Is there anything a program can do to to maybe help somebody who who doesn't have the maybe combine stats of Kuntz or or some of the other uh, accolades that that someone like Saldaveri has gotten in to push themselves up into the draft? Is there anything you can do to help somebody? Uh, you know, become a, a sleeper that that gets awoken on draft day. You know, the, the, it's God. The NFL is so uh, pervasive mm. on all the campuses. They go to so many of these camps and tryouts, and no one's really a sleeper. You know, they have conversations with the head coach, with the position coach. You know, the, the, all of them have representation. These student athletes have mm. representation that's promoting and pushing them and packaging them with, you know, highlight reels and everything else. So, you know, there's really at this, at this stage in time, there's really not much other than just validating the type of people that they are, because, you know, there's so much money involved with these pro contracts that the last thing the NFL or the NBA or even major league baseball can afford to do is to make a really high priced offer to someone with marginal or deficient character. So I think at this stage in time, what they're really trying to do is to gauge the individual, the person, the family, more so than the athlete, because they've had you know, years to, to basically compile that analysis. We're talking with Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director. Dr. Selig, I can't let you go without bringing up uh, the ODU baseball team, big grand slam by Alex Boucher, uh, powered them to a win against VCU. How important is it to keep yeah. that that rivalry fierce and and make sure you know you keep an upper hand on the on the Rams? Yeah, it's always good to to win in state competition, and then the two schools are so similar, ODU and VCU, and have such a long history of competition. And you know the fact that they felt it was best to shut down the men's basketball competition. This one kind of makes it a little extra sweet to to get them in baseball and not just get them by one or two runs, but basically totally own them for the whole game. And and Vincent Bashera, who went to Mari uh, here in Norfolk and grew up on, you know, right off Powhatan Avenue, right near the campus of ODU and has had his family, brothers and sisters also play here uh, for ODU athletics to see him get the start and you know, leave the game up five nothing after four innings. That was really kind of neat and and personally rewarding as well because the Bashers are such a great family and so supportive. So it was a really good night for, for ODU, and that's a big baseball park up there, the Diamond. So to get the long ball going, you know, at the Richmond Diamond, you know, you've got power to get the ball out of that facility, and we did it a number of times. So it's good momentum going into Texas State. Texas State's a great baseball program, one of the best in the Sunbelt Conference, so it'll be nice to have a home three-game series starting Friday at 6, if, if the rain and weather permit. Otherwise, we'll, we'll play two either Saturday or Sunday and, and try and get three games in on Saturday and Sunday. Just to add some excitement to that weekend we were talking about, you have senior days, conference play, mix in a little, little weather conversation as well, right? <laughs> you never know around <laughs> here, that's right. Dr. Selig, we appreciate you for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll check back in again next week. Thank you, Tim. Have a good rest of the week. The only place that gives you 757 high school and college sports talk on a nightly basis. The 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.
I'm Tim Donnelly. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm Are you sure about that? I, I started reading one of the texts coming in about the NCAA agent conversation we were having, and it, it went all over the place. There was there was Metallica was referenced to professional water polo players. I I I, I it got to a point where I I think I. I wondered if I was dreaming or not. You know how, like in dreams, the like it's it seems normal until you recognize the ridiculousness of it. Like you'll be you'll be playing football only instead of a ball, you'll be throwing like an Easter basket, and and it'll just it'll make sense until at one point you're like, wait a second, you don't play football with Easter baskets. I just had that moment where I was like, I'm reading a text, and I'm like, this text is normal. This is a text that we would have coming in. Wait a second. Why are we talking about water polo and then Metallica and then, but in the end, I actually agree with the text, which is the the funny part. In the end, I was like, no, this is real. And it actually kind of fits what we were talking about. Uh, so sorry for that awkward start to this segment. Um, we've been talking all day and we're going to continue talking all day about the, the NFL draft. Why? Because we're throwing an NFL draft party tomorrow. It's at the Eagle's nest in Chesapeake. And we want you there. That's what it comes down to. We want you there. So uh, show up at the Eagles Nest in Chesapeake. Be ready to talk football. Be ready to, uh, I don't know, give each other a hard time. I feel like that's what was unexpected about the draft party last year. Uh, You gave me a microphone. I was not on air. The the, the draft party is not over the airwaves of 94.1. So it's just the people in the area can hear me. And, uh, you know, like if there's a group of Cowboys fans, I'm not just going to let you, you skate by. If there's, a, if there's a group of Commanders fans, I'm not just going to let you skate by. So I started, uh, I wouldn't say roasting, light roasting. Maybe, maybe, you know, like a, just, um, hmm, what is it like a light roast? Like a, like a medium blend? Like a little medium there blend? There we go. Medium blending. And, uh, and some were like, whoa, hold up. I was like, what do you guys think you were going to get here? So, uh, so anyway, show on up, be ready to defend your team, uh, have a good time. It's at the Eagles Nest in Chesapeake, and it'll go the length of the first round of the NFL draft. Speaking of the NFL draft, Zach Kuntz, Nick Saldaveri, Trey Hawkins. Those are kind of the three that are either likely to or have a chance of being drafted out of ODU. Uh, we'll talk about them more in depth tomorrow because from the four to five o'clock hour on the tim donnelly show uh we'll have ricky ronnie the head coach of odu live on location uh so we'll, we'll obviously dive into to all three of those players in depth um zach Kuntz is is in a weird place so i want to focus on him just for a second he's in a weird place because he tested so well that I think his his actual production at ODU is being overlooked a little bit, meaning he's, and I don't even say this like exaggerating, he's likely the best athlete at tight end to ever go through the NFL combine. He's the tallest player to ever jump 40 inches. Uh, he had this, the, the uh, he ran a 4.52. He was heavy, tall, everything you're looking for. The shuttles were good, like, Again, him and like Vernon Davis, like that's what it comes down to, and it's and that's just like a size. Like, would you rather have a bigger tight end, taller, or more compact and faster? So anyway, because of that, I'm hearing a lot of like he's raw. Hearing a lot of oh, he's got a lot of work to do with the position, and I'm and I'm 
obviously everyone that's going into the NFL, aside from the very, very few uh, super-duper polished players, are going to have work to do on technique and things uh, once they get to the NFL. But if you go back to his 2021 season, or yes, 2021, did I get that right? The right fall? Yeah, yeah. Yes. 2020, the guy was productive. I would, and by the way, I'm not worried about is he productive. I'm worrying about which year, calendar-wise. calendar wise. The guy was productive. He had 700 yards receiving, five touchdowns, and I actually think the the offense and, and some of the play at quarterback held him back, especially earlier on in the, in the season. If you look at what he did um, kind of once Hayden Wolf took over, I mean, he kind of lit it up right? 119 yards in a game, 102 yards in a game. Uh, he had three touchdowns in the second half of the season. Like the guy has put together some on field film bonafides. This past year was tough, right? The whole offense was very slow getting started and then he got hurt and he was just kind of gone, but that doesn't mean like he's raw. That just means the offense had a hard time getting going and then he was hurt and he was gone. So it's almost like, uh, because he tested so well, it's almost like the expectations for the statistics he would have turned in in college were like, well, he should have 9,000 yards receiving, and if he doesn't, it must be because the technique wasn't there. Uh, you know what? I think I think there's a lot of circumstance things going on here, and like before I knew how high he could jump, before I knew how fast he was in the 40-yard dash, I was sitting here on the 757 at 6 saying, I was on the field for that that game, and I watched him play, and I watched him move, and I watched him in warmups, and that guy is going to be an NFL tight end. Do you think it has anything to do, and I'm not trying to like be negative toward Old Dominion as a program, but do you think if he had Penn State attached to his name, say he stayed at Penn State, say he still went to the combine, put up the numbers, do you think they would be looking, the the experts, the the people that are scouting this, any different than, say the same, the numbers mm-hmm. are the exact same. Everything's the exact same, except Penn State is the name instead of Old Dominion. Well, absolutely. Um, and th- that's not negative to Old Dominion. It's, there is a power five bias. There is a safety in picking a blue blood player because if it doesn't, again, coaches are looking for reasons. Right, if it does, if they pick him in the third round and he's a bust, it's much easier to say. I mean, the guy played well against Michigan. How was I supposed to know he was going to be a bust? As opposed to, I mean, the guy played well against. Uh, I mean, they would have still been in Conference USA at the time, right? The guy played well against, like, like um, I don't know, Marshall. It, it just, and that's no disrespect to Marshall. It's just it's a different different beast there. So yeah, there'd be some more comfort there, but. Here's the thing that no one's going to tell you. He wouldn't be a better player just because he wore a different jersey. He is who he is. And what that is, is a productive, talented, massive human being when it comes to playing tight end. And I think he'll, he'll have success, but there is some situation there. Some teams are better for his style of play, and I hope one of those teams are the ones that draft him. Uh, I'm Tim Donnelly. This is the 757 at 6. Robbie Vogel is going to take you from here. He'll close out the show with Robbie's Roundout. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, and we will be live from the Eagle's Nest in Chesapeake for the draft party. So plan to be out there tomorrow night for the entire first round. It's the draft party tomorrow at the Eagle's Nest. Robbie will take you from here. See you. The clock is running out on the 757 at 6. That means it's time for Robbie's Roundup.
Oh, wait a minute. It's Robbie's Roundabout or Robbie's Roundout. Whatever he's calling it today, here's Robbie Vogler on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Oh, yeah. Like Tim said earlier, feels like it's been a long time. A long time since uh, we've had 757 and 6, since we've had Robbie's Roundout. And man, a lot of things have happened since that last time. A lot of baseball's been played, so we're going to talk about a little bit today. But I want to invite you to the draft party that's happening tomorrow at the Eagle's Nest Rockin' Country Bar in Chesapeake. Starting at 3 p.m. for the Tim Donnelly Show, heading on into the 757 and 6. And then, of course, when the action starts at 8 o'clock for the first round of the NFL Draft, Tim and I will be out at the Eagle's Nest all day long from 3 p.m. until the final pick is made. And I'm really hoping the Chiefs like know who they're going to pick, know somebody or they know who they're you know going to deal with. So we don't have to be there as late. And so the the listeners, and so you don't have to be there as late. But I I encourage you to come out there. It's a lot of fun. We're there till normally like 1130, 12 o'clock at night. It's a blast. It's It's a lot of fun seeing the future stars of the NFL, especially with all of you in person, getting to meet a lot of you for the first time or for the second time or third time, depending on how many times you've been out to uh, some of our, our remotes and things of that nature. But I hope you'll join us. It's going to be a lot of fun, like I said, and like Tim has mentioned, all, all week and pretty much the last month. Draft party tomorrow starting, uh, the I think, 3 p.m. is the Tim Donnelly Show from 3 until 6, then 757 at 6 from 6 until about 6.45. Tides go on the air right here on the airwaves, but of course the party will continue. The party will continue at the Eagle's Nest, and if you want to see me eat some hot wings, and I'm, I'm not talking about just your regular average day hot wings. I'm talking about uh, hot wings that I have to sign a waiver before I take a bite into them. You'll want to come out and you'll want to say, hey, and watch me suffer. That's going to be happening after we go off the air. So, that being said, this past weekend, and we talk about it all the time on this show, specifically because of the the athletes and things like that that come through this area, whether it be through ODU, whether it be through the Norfolk Tides, the uh, Norfolk Admirals, the 757, the high school, commanders, whatever the case may be. This past weekend, when LeBron, he uh, he went 20 and 20. It may have been a couple, you know, a couple of days ago. I, everything kind of runs together during the, during the playoff season. I sat back, and I'm not a big basketball fan. I'm not a big fan of somebody of, you know, the sport of basketball specifically. If, on, in the four major sports... Basketball is probably my least, I'm not going to say least liked because I enjoy watching basketball, but the NBA is probably number four on my list of top four sports of the four major ones. Probably goes baseball, football, and hockey are pretty much close together. And then it just in terms of my enjoyment of the sport itself. And then of course, basketball at the end. But I sat back and you realize sometimes time passes. 
sometimes time passes and and you don't really get to appreciate the greatness that's right in front of you. And I'm feeling that way now toward LeBron James. He's obviously in toward the end of his career, maybe a couple more years left. But man, he is special. I, I didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan. He is the Michael Jordan of my era, of my kind of sports fandom. Again, I'm not a, a big basketball watcher, so... Take that as you will. And I'm not saying that LeBron James is better than MJ. I'm not, we're not here for that conversation. What I'm trying to say is appreciate greatness right when it's in front of you. Because I, I wish I had the last 20 years of my life to look back and to, to, to focus on moments of LeBron James doing the things that he does and continues to do at even an older age in his career. Some of the, the days that, you know, we talk about Aaron Rodgers and, and you should appreciate greatness. Tom Brady, appreciate greatness. What the Norfolk Tides are doing, we need to appreciate. I thought about coming on here and talking about being negative. I thought about coming on here and saying Wednesday, we haven't had a show all week. We haven't had a round out all week. What can I do to... to I don't know. I'm not going to say poke fun at the Old Dominion baseball team, but they won yesterday. So I'm not trying to be negative in that in that terms, but they had a, a rough weekend against App State. A rough weekend against App State, which we are not going to talk about right now. Maybe later in the week we'll get to it. Maybe tomorrow or maybe even Friday we'll get to it, but not today. The Norfolk Tides are doing something that they have not done in quite some time. They are, first off, they are the number one team. I think they're ranked either first or tied for first in the International League. They are 16-6. and six. They lost today in a game that was two hours long. Now, I understand this whole people have problem with the pitch clock and, and the, making the game shorter and, and, you know, all this jazz. The game was two hours long. That's insane to me. Anyway. I love it. I don't mind the quicker games. It, I've been to a couple Tides games this year, and they've been a blast, so I have no problem. But it was their first loss in the last six games. They've won, they had won five straight, and then, of course, they lost this one. You're going to get that from the Tides this year. You are going to get that from the Tides this year, and it's exciting. I, I really do hope that you are able to to sit back, relax, and enjoy what we are getting to watch at the minor league baseball level here in Norfolk. We don't talk about it that often. I know and I understand it's hard to talk about prospects that are coming up the organization. Unless you are a Baltimore fan, it's very difficult to get hyped about a, a team like the Norfolk Tides. But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's important to get invested in your local teams. We talk about it all the time. It's very rare when a local team is putting out a product that is going to be successful for the entire year. I tell people all the time, people ask me, did the Norfolk Admirals, do they sell out? Are they good? And I, I tell people, no, they're not that good. But they used to be. If you were here 10, 11 years ago, 
during the John Cooper days, back when they were winning Calder Cups and they had the, the you know, 20-something game win streak to end the season. Those were the days. That place, the, 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 the Norfolk Admirals game was one of the hardest tickets to find during the regular season. It could be some random Tuesday game against the Ontario Redbirds. And it was difficult to get a game, to get a ticket for a game. That's what's happening right now in your backyard at the baseball park, at Harbor Park. You need to, uh, to, to get there because it's something special. And I'm not just saying that because we're the flagship of, of the Norfolk Tides, which we are. You can hear every single pitch right here on, on this station. But because they are doing something they haven't done in a long time. And who knows the next time they're going to be able to do something like this again. They are on an incredible run. I hope it keeps up that they've scored 67 more runs than their opponents. That's special. And I hope you can appreciate greatness when it's in your backyard. We need to pack that place out. Pack Harbor Park out every single homestand for the rest of the season. Because this team is special. That's going to wrap things up. We'll see you tomorrow at the draft party. Eagles Nest starting at 3 p.m. And go until the number 31st pick in the draft is selected. For Tim Donnelly, I'm Robbie Vogler saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow. Later!